Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Guillar, and I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament. They are the historical accounts of Jesus' ancestors that point to Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. And I'm also planning special articles to help bring the Bible to life. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. First Chronicles 13 through 15, the right motives and the right methods matter to Almighty God. What are the right motives and methods to worship God? In reality, he gave us instructions in the Bible. We're supposed to follow them. Unfortunately, men began to invent new methods without taking into consideration their motives. Meaningless, robotic, prideful religion was the result. How should we worship God? Well, let's dig in. First, let me give you a little bit of backstory here. Back in 1070 BC, before Israel had a king, the Philistines attacked. The Ark of the Covenant was in Shiloh, or Shiloh, depending on who you ask, where they set up the tabernacle once they reached the promised land. The battles weren't going well, and some soldiers had the bright idea to go get the Ark of the Covenant. They figured it had the power of God, and that would help them win the battle. Problem was, they didn't consult God about this. They took it upon themselves. Well, the ark was captured and the Philistines put it in the temple of their god, Dagon, which is a fish, fish god, um, since they live on the Mediterranean Sea. Kind of makes sense. What happened next was actually rather funny, but I'm not going to get into that here because that, I got into that already in, in uh, Second Samuel uh, or First Samuel, First Samuel. Um, and you can click on over to my blog, and I've got uh, all the stories from First Samuel linked there. Um, and the link to the blog is in the show notes. So then the Philistines wanted to get rid of the ark, so they sent it on a cart driven by two oxen back to the Israelites. It ended up in Kiriath Jerem, where it stayed for 70 years. And that's where it was when David wanted to bring it to Jerusalem. And here's where we pick up the story. In 1 Chronicles 13, David attempts to move the ark. David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows. If you approve and if is the will of our Lord God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and the Levites in their towns and pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring back the Ark of the Covenant, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. The whole assembly agreed to this, for the people could see it was the right thing to do. So David summoned all Israel from Shehor, from the Shehor Brook of Egypt in the south, all the way to the town of Lebo Hamath in the north, to join in bringing the Ark of God from Kiriath Jerem. Then David and all Israel went to Bala of Judah, also called Kiriah-Jerim, to bring back the Ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord, who enthroned, 
who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house. Uzzah and Ahio were guiding the cart. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled. Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark. The Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had laid his hands on the ark. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah. As it is still called today, David was now afraid of God. And he asked, how can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care? So David did not move the ark into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. That's First Chronicles 13. Next chapter, First Chronicles 14. David's palace and family. The king of Hiram, I'm sorry, then King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David along with cedar, timber, and stonemasons and carpenters to build him a palace. And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had greatly blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Then David married more wives in Jerusalem and they had more sons and daughters. These are the names of the sons of, of, who, of David who were born in Jerusalem. And there's a whole slew of names here, including Nathan and Solomon. Altogether, he had 13 sons and had some daughters too. I'm not sure how many, at least they're not listed here. David conquers the Philistines, verse 8. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he marched out to meet them. The Philistines arrived and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim. So David asked God, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will, your will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied, yes, go ahead. I will hand them over to you. So David and his troops went up to Baal, Perasim, and defeated the Philistines there. God did it, David exclaimed. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So they named the place Baal Perizim, which means the Lord who bursts through or breakthrough. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, or idols. So David gave orders to burn them, their little g-god idols. But after a while, the Philistines returned and raided the valley again. And once, David, uh, uh, once again, David asked God what to do. Do not attack them straight on, God replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, go out and attack. That will be the signal that God is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did what God commanded, and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread everywhere, and the Lord caused all the nations to fear David. Again, 1 Chronicles 14, 1 Chronicles 15, moving the ark the right way. 
David now built several buildings for himself in the city of David. He also prepared a place for the Ark of God and set up a special tent for it. Then he commanded, no one except the Levites may carry the Ark of God. The Lord has chosen them to carry the Ark of the Lord and to serve him forever. Then David summoned all Israel to Jerusalem to bring the Ark of the Lord to the place he had prepared for it. This is the number of descendants of Aaron, the priests and the Levites who were called together. And it has all the names of the people with the numbers of each clan. And all, all together, there were like 362 or something. Or, uh, no, it was more than that. More than that. What was the number? I thought I had the number. Oh, I have, I've got it in the notes coming, coming in there. All right, so, so I'm not going to bore you with all these numbers. Okay, so then David summoned the chief, the chief priests of each clan. Okay, Zadok and Abiathar and the and the Levites and the Levite leaders, Uriel, Asiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Amidadab. And he said to them, "You are the leaders of the Levite families. You must purify yourselves and all your fellow Levites, so you can bring the Ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place I have prepared for it." Because you Levites did not carry the ark the first time, the anger of the Lord our God burst out against us. We failed to ask God how to move it properly. Mm -hmm. So the priests and the Levites purified themselves in order to bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to Jerusalem. Then the Levites carried the ark of God on their shoulders with its carrying poles, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. David also ordered the Levite leaders to appoint a choir of Levites who were singers and musicians to sing joyful songs to the accompaniment of harps, lyres, and cymbals. So the Levites appointed Heman, son of Joel, along with his fellow Levites, Asaph, son of Berechiah, and Ethan, son of Keshiah, from the clan of Merari. The following men were chosen as their assistants, so there were several guys in there too. Um, and the gatekeepers, Obed, Edom, and Jeile. Jeile. Okay, the musicians were there, and um, Berechiah and El Elkanah were chosen to guard the ark. And then there were other priests who were chosen to blow the trumpets as they marched in front of the ark of God. Obed, Edom, and Jehiah were, uh, were chosen to, to guard the ark. Then David and the elders of Israel and all and the generals of the army went to the house of Obed-Edom to bring the ark of the Lord's covenant up to Jerusalem with great celebration. And because God was clearly helping the Levites as they carried the ark of the Lord's covenant, they sacrificed seven bulls and seven rams. David was dressed in a robe of fine linen, as were all the Levites who carried the ark, and also the singers and Kenaniah, the, uh, Kenaniah, the squire leader. David was also wearing a priestly garment or an ephod. So all Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant with shouts of joy and blowing of rams, horns, and trumpets and crashing of cymbals and loud playing on harps and lyres. But as the Ark of the Lord's Covenant entered the city of David, uh, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David skipping about and laughing with joy, she was filled with contempt for him. And we'll continue that story tomorrow. So subscribe so you don't miss out. All right, right motives and right methods.
So what did King David do wrong the first time he tried to move the ark? Seriously, the guy was trying to protect it and keep the ark from falling. What was so wrong? Well, God, in the two, in two books of the Torah, Exodus and Numbers, gave specific methods for taking care and, and moving the ark. In Exodus 25, God told Moses exactly how he wanted the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant built. The tabernacle was the mobile temple while they were wandering in the desert. By Exodus 37, it was built and they were ready to hit the road. In the book of Numbers, God gives Moses precise instructions as to how the Ark is to be moved. Only the Levites could touch or move it and they needed to carry it by the specially made poles and was carried high on the Levite's shoulders. David had good motives for relocating the ark, but at first he used the wrong method. They were doing what they thought was good, but they didn't consult God on the correct way to move the ark. The Levites, the priests, should have known better. David's first major sin. Now, David let the lust of the flesh get the better of him. And God specifically said in Deuteronomy 17, and that's part of the books of the Torah, the king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. And he must not accumulate large numbers of wealth in silver and gold for himself. You see, Satan's goal is to separate God's chosen people from God. And he uses cunning temptations. Once you give Satan a foothold, he takes over like a cancer. David defeats the Philistines. And following God's instructions, David and his armies conquered the Philistines like a breakthrough of a raging flood. Baal Perazim means Lord of the Breakthroughs. And Pastor Sandy Adams comments, quote, Hey, if you're stuck in a rut and spinning your wheels and going nowhere, spiritually seek Jesus. Some of us have beaten our heads against the wall for years. We've tried a million ways to get rid of our ball and chain. What we need is a breakthrough. Well, I know who can help. Jesus specializes in breakthroughs. That's from Pastor Sandy Adams. He's gone over to my blog and listened to the whole, uh, his whole message on these chapters. Now, then they burned all the idols the Philistines left behind. And that was the right method to eliminate the pagan idols that could cause the Israelites to sin. It was also the right motive. When the Philistines attacked again, God provided David with a different method. Pastor Sandy Adams explains. Uh, here's the moral of the story. Just because God works one way in the past doesn't mean he'll work the same way in the future. Don't assume. Seek. Hey, God's command to us today is the same as it was to David. We also need to wait on the wind. We need to be led by the fresh breeze of God's spirit. Pre-programmed pattern solutions are not God's method. God's will is blowing in the wind. God wants his people led by the spirit, not a formula. Again, it's from Pastor Sandy Adams. The Ark of the Covenant has a new temporary home. David finally learned how to properly move the Ark as well as worship God, Pastor Sandy Adams comments. David added knowledge and obedience to his spiritual fervor, and God gets glorified. But as we saw with Uzzah, zeal without knowledge is dangerous. This is why churches that downplay Bible teaching and focus only on worship are destined for failure. Without his word, 
How do you know you're worshiping God properly? Again, Jesus tells us, we're going from Sandy Adams to Jesus, in John uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 23, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Worship with joyful songs and shouts of joy. True praise and worship is the echo of the joy God puts in our hearts. He and only he can fill us with rejoicing. And Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 4, always be joyful in the Lord. Always be full of joy. And I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. Do you feel his joy? Do you feel a sense of urgency? Then you may not be fully saved. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen at any moment. What you need to do is invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. And you will receive a joy that goes with you no matter what's going on in the world. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to know Jesus is at the top right-hand corner of the page. And in the bottom of today's blog, I have a video from the Bible Project all about David called David the Priestly King. It's really interesting. And then, of course, I had to put in Joy, the song from uh, For King and Country, and I think one of the most beautiful hymns, um, Holy, 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 which is what we'll be singing when we get up to heaven um, because that's in the book of Revelation. So, soli deo gloria, to God alone be the glory. Holy, 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 our God almighty. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. 
Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times. The last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.